0: Let's, uh, let's go to the, let me, let me take you to the word prototype. Would you say prototype? I began, I, I don't know when I announced it, but I don't, and I don't, I really don't. But I, I know we began, we went 2017, and the last Sunday night of every month this year, we have met for this purpose, to talk about and promote spirit-filled living. And the first Sunday night that we did this was in was January, I believe we did it the first month, and I in in I have my notes in pencil from that <laughs> from that meeting, and uh, it it, uh, it turns out well. Let me just say this: I started to write about something else, and I literally sat down. I was praying. I had some notes in my journal, uh, just to, something I thought, "Oh, we'll do that, and then we'll pray." And as I started to type, it's a little warm, you mind if I do this? uh, uh, It got a little uh, warm. I started to type, and I found myself right back in the text that I began the year with. So I said, okay. First of all, I didn't ever type it out, so it's not official. It's like if you don't say, you know, happy birthday on Facebook, it's not official. So... uh, I'm coming back to this text tonight, and perhaps on, perhaps it's good. Perhaps it's something that I'll return to often. Perhaps it is a way to bookmark this year. But say the word again, prototype. A, a prototype is uh, an original model on which something is patterned. An original model. Would you say that with me? Original model on which something is patterned. That sets the pattern for what follows. What I want to press this evening is this. The church... Has a prototype. A prototype. The church has a model and an example at a, and a pattern in part well in every way, but particularly in regard to our relationship with the Holy Spirit. The church, so I want to talk to you tonight about what that prototype is and, and how we actualize, how we live out that, that pattern, and I, just one key about it. So open your Bibles, please, to the book of John, uh, chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 32 and 33, and I'll be reading from the New American Standard. This is one of those nights uh, that I really sort of began to wish I had a, a a printer here at the office because I had my notes all prepared and everything, and I was quietly praying in the spirit in the car on the way here, and and I don't know if you're like this, but uh, suddenly my, my heart began to be flooded with, like, not new subject matter, but the same stuff, but just more to say, and I thought, oh, no, I kn- there's no way I'm going to remember this, so I start talking into my phone and uh driving which of course is legal cuz I'm not texting I'm speaking into the phone and it's the mess it's 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 scriptures it's it's holy so it's 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 legal so anyway John chapter 1 verses 32 through 33 this is uh the apostle John writing or quoting the words of John the Baptist and this is john the baptist uh, answering people they're asking him hey hey are you the christ who are you what gives what's going on and uh, each gospel has this idea of john saying no 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 it's not me it's somebody else but i want you to hear john quoting john the baptist about jesus john 1:32. john testified saying i have seen the spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, he upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. About Jesus, God told John the Baptist, what you see on him is what he will do for you. This is the first mention, really, this is the first depiction of, Of the followers of Jesus Christ before they're called believers, before they're called disciples, before they're called Christians, that's not until Acts 11 before they're called before they're called disciples, they they are they are called those who will they are simply identified as people who will be baptized with the spirit and they will be and, and that definition is is linked to the identity of Jesus. John said, I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know who Christ was. I didn't know who he was. But earlier he said, I saw the Spirit descending and remaining upon him and and I didn't know who he was, but the one who sent me said, look for the one whom you see the Spirit descend and remain upon. Because the one that you see, everybody that you see, say that with me, you see. He said, look for the one that you see the Spirit descend and remain upon. And and the, the person that you see, that that thing, that encounter, that experience, that person that you see, he's going to do that. That experience, that thing that happens to him is going to define what he will do. To understand why Jesus came and what he came to give, you, uh, you must see what he received. What did John see? John looked, and he beheld the Spirit of God descending and remaining. on. He saw something. And he saw something. Now, he's, every passage says that, uh, or, or the only thing that we're given is that the Spirit descended like a dove. And people ask that all the time. They say, what does that mean? I was in the back of a, of a beat-up, bondoed, doors-not-working 57 Chevy in Cuba. And every time you say that, people think, wow, that's cool, 57 Chevy. No, just old, not cool, busted. Uh, but they, they, was, they were proud of it. So I'm riding around in the back of this 57 Chevy, and uh, this, my Cuban translator says, hey, yeah. He says, what did that mean about the dove? He said, does that, it, I th- I'm not even sure what he meant. Like, did, this, did the spirit, well, I think he wanted to know if the spirit could take a corvial form. And I, my only answer was, and it's true, I wasn't trying to dodge it. I just said, I'm sorry, that's not the intent of the passage. I can't, it's like, it's like press secretary saying, I won't answer a hypothetical. I can't answer that. You're asking me a question that isn't present in the text. Can the spirit, that, that text is not present for us to, to suggest or to ask whether the spirit takes a corporeal form. It's just like a dove. And whether that's it, whether he looked like it, I don't know why they said that. Did he look like a dove? Was it a dove? I don't know. But he saw saw that if it was just a dove, he might have said, I saw a dove that resembled the spirit. Or it might have been the spirit, but he said, I saw the Holy Spirit descend on Jesus. He saw there was something about the Spirit coming on Jesus that was recognizable. And it didn't look like a lightning bolt. It didn't look like a, like a, like a crow. It, it didn't look like a donkey or an elephant. It, 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 something about it was dove-like. And that probably speaks to the image of the dove throughout the Scripture and the, 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 the of peace and of hope and probably of covenant renewal and all that kind of stuff. But the dove wasn't the thing. What The, the thing is, I saw the Spirit descend upon him and remain. Would you say that with me? I saw the Spirit descend on him and remain. Not just light upon him, not just touch him, not just come upon him like Samson so he could go out and kill a bunch of Philistines and then the, the, the anointing lives. But no, there was something that happened to him that had not happened to a human being ever before. The Spirit of God came upon Jesus and stayed there and remained there. There was a new reality established in the person of Jesus Christ. There was a new, a whole new thing happened there. The, in, in, there was in the God become man incarnate and the spirit comes upon him and remains. It was a wonderful thing, a powerful thing. And it wasn't just something merely to behold in wonder. It was also to say what, well, he said, what you see, what you see is what he will do. Now, this is where I think I may rub people or like, hey, wait a minute, what are you saying? But I want to provoke us tonight for good reason. Because I don't want us to settle for a model other than the prototype. What John saw was the catalyst of the Christ event. After this and because of this, Jesus of Nazareth lived and ministered as the anointed one. He ministered in the power of the Spirit. He he demonstrated the presence of the kingdom of God. This receiving and remaining defined and directed Jesus' whole life. It was the definition of his life. It directed his life. This anointing characterized the life of Jesus. And this, John the Baptist said, is the same spirit Jesus came to give. He said, The one up, it's important what you see. It wasn't just that Jesus came, he came, yes, to elsewhere, he let him know, Hey, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. But with John, he said, I saw it. And, for, and John needed to see what happened to him, and so he could testify that it was this thing, this spirit event characterized not only who Jesus was but what he would do this let me just press this as much as I can this spirit event characterizes not only who Jesus was but what he came to do how you and I see Jesus's anointing his baptism let me just use that word How we see Jesus' baptism will influence and determine what we expect and experience in the spirit. If, first of all, not only how we see, but if we see, we must look first at Jesus and then appreciate and understand what happened to him if if we are to fully embrace, embody the pattern he establishes. When I look to Jesus, when I see him, when I, when I begin, when I choose to understand spirit baptism as, as, as a, as a continuation of the, of what, of what happens to Jesus and what he does, stay, you got to stay with me. When the, the one upon whom you see the spirit descend and remain, he will, he is the one who will baptize. Aha. I look to Jesus. I see what happened to him and I keep looking at him to experience what he has to give. I, but if I look elsewhere. I see something different. And I cannot. I, 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 I've looked away from the source. So I look at Jesus. I see what happened to him. How it characterized his life. What happened to him. What he did with it. How, this, how the Holy Spirit upon his life that he lived in power and in purity and in, and, and in submission and in obedience and in wisdom that he lived the, he lived he, he was the Christ he didn 't just live the Christ he lived as the Christ because of this anointing this encounter with the spirit and if I look to him, I understand the prototype and but I must look to him because he is also the source of this experience. I must not look away. let us look fully. More deeply, let us fix our gaze on Him. When I see Jesus as not only the baptized, but the baptizer, this helps keep a crystal centric focus of Spirit baptism. This helps us keep a crystal, meaning a, a Christ centered focus. When we're talking about Spirit baptism, when I look at it this way, it helps me keep a Christ centered focus. Focus because baptism I see then results from or is only possible by my union with Christ, it is the intended outcome of my relationship with the baptized one. So I, I cannot talk about spirit baptism without leaning closer to the baptizer. Without looking more deeply, looking more lovingly and more and with more consecration and surrender to the baptizer. This is why it is such a misnomer for those who, right or wrong, have had challenge and issue with with Pentecostals to say, oh, you guys, you guys ignore Jesus. Horseradish. You cannot. No, I look. I will. I can't take my eyes off him. If I do, I miss it. I miss what this is about. I miss the prototype. And I settle for a knockoff. I want to make sure that we are not settling for the knockoff. Similarities, but just not the same. Spirit baptism is, a, is about my union with Christ. It, it is the intended result of this relationship. Listen, it is the intended result. You can't get away from that. You can't bypass that. What you see him do, that's what he came to do. What you see happen to him, that's what he's going to do. What he got, he's going to give. Would you just, I know that's simple and sounds silly, but let's try it together. What he got, he is going to give. That's the intention. But John's first depiction of what it's going to mean. Come on. Whoo. John's. I know. I'm sorry. I get more excited. I've been thinking about it longer. But, uh, uh. John, his John, John, the Apostle John, he writes this gospel decades after his friends do, and I just, I just have to think that he, he did. He included things the other fellows didn't, and I don't think it's because he wasn't aware of what they wrote. I think he was aware. I think he liked it, but he said, da, 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 "Boys, there's some stuff you got, you, 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 there's stuff that you, you got to get out there. People have got to hear this as well for them to get it." John wrote so much about what Jesus said about the Spirit. More so that he, Luke wrote about the, the person and the work of the Spirit in Jesus' life. But John said, oh, it was like John said, oh, he he talked so much about the Spirit. And it was so important to Jesus. And that's in the Paraclete passages. But right away, he lets us know that John the Baptist understood that the first depiction, the first the the, the 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 first thing that we are to understand that what it means to be, that why Jesus came is not just to be just not not just that we would stand around and clap and say, Wow, he's the anointed one, and we should, but to understand that he is the anointed one because he came to share his anointing. He is the spirit baptized one who came to baptize in the spirit. He had no intention of keeping that to himself. He came as man, baptized and then was baptized in the Spirit so that all men might taste in what he had experienced. He came to bring mankind into the gift of the Spirit, the promise of the Father. So then spirit baptism should result in closeness with Christ. Not distance. True. If, when, when we look to Jesus as the baptized and the baptizer, it should, I should be talking about Jesus more than goofy, shinola, charismatic zoo stuff all the time. It should be difficult for me to stop talking about him because I, I look. John said, look. He said, God said, look at him. Look at him because what you see happen to him is going to happen to you. And when we understand that what happened to us, many of us have would testify, we have experienced what the Bible describes as the baptism in the Spirit. We, we, we believe uh, in these in, in, in assemblies of God's circles, in classical Pentecostal circles, that one of the ways that we know that we have encountered this experience beyond just feeling something or whatever else, is that there co- it comes with expression. It, it, it always has been, been uh, evidenced by expression. The expression is not the experience. I'm going, to, I'm going to duke it out with that phrase in just a few minutes because I get a little bit irritated. But the expression is not the experience. The experience is always manifested by an expression. Because God, there's, there's, it's not that the expression is not the, the goal. The experience is the promise. The experience is the goal. But where there is what we see is just the pattern that this that the experience is has expression to it. People begin to express what they have experienced. And uh, in most in the most general terms, it's pro, it's prophetic. Your sons in, your, your I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and they will prophesy. And but in particular, Peter is talking about, they will prophesy, and he's talking about what they were just doing in the upper room, and that is they were, they were praising and worshiping and, and praying to God in a language not their own. They were speaking in another, in another tongue, in tongues it's called, a glossolalia, okay? They were speaking in a, in a language that was inspired by the Spirit. They were talking to God, not to one another, simmer down, and, uh, and uh, everybody was doing it, and it was wonderful, Okay? But that wasn't that was this was that was just an expression that was the sign that signified that they had experienced something. It's how they knew. But not even in John does it say, "Look to the one, look to Jesus, and and uh, the one upon you see him, the one upon whom the Spirit descends and remains. He is the one who will make you speak in tongues." Hey. Listen, before anybody in the room or anybody on the camera thinks, oh, I wonder if that guy's not pro tongues. No, listen, I, I, no, I don't want to talk about it. But here's the deal. Honestly, I've, I bite off more than I can chew in my life all the time. And people have said to me, what do you, what do you, how do you balance all that? How do you process all of that? I'll say, I pray in the spirit a lot a lot and i've already i 've taught and will taught again on the value of of, of 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 tongues and what it does in our life as a gift and what it, I have talked about it we will talk about it more, but I want to emphasize that the promise is he will bapt the one upon whom you see the spirit remain he will baptize in the spirit say it again, he will baptize in the spirit when we understand that what that, this is, that what happened to us is modeled after what happened to him, then we can understand why this is happening to us. It didn't just happen to us so that we can do a charismatic utterance. It, 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 should, it should inform the kind of expectations we have. What I, oh, you mean, oh, what happened to Jesus defined and directed his life it empowered him to live with power and purity and victory and pleasing to the lord it was it was he he lived this 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 totally godward god glorifying empowered life bringing heaven to earth expressing the nature of god wherever he went that's what happened to jesus oh that's what happened to me And this spirit baptism is far more than an opportunity for me to have a charismatic expression. It is to have a charismatic life, a life lived under the dynamic influence of the Holy Spirit that honors the one who baptized me. Did you hear that? Honors the one who baptized me. Jesus came, baptized Dove Falls. He said, I live to glorify my Father. Everything I do glorifies my Father. Guess who baptized me? That guy. He baptized me. Guess who my life glorifies? That guy. I live to glorify the name of Jesus. I live to be the expression of Christ, that my life would glorify him with purity and with power. We should expect to live. The Christ life. Not to be Christ. I'm not Christ, but I am a Christian. I'm a little one. I'm one of, one of many. I'm an anointed one that belongs to the anointed one. See, so, you, know, you got to believe that. That's what happened. Oh, you're an anointed one that belongs to the anointed one. One of them is capitalized, one of them's not. Mine's not capitalized, his is. I, oh, let me say it this way you're one of the anointed ones, anointed ones. hmm One of them has the apostrophe. One of the anointed ones, anointed ones. He is the singular, I'm the plural. I should expect to live the Christ life in power and impurity. Furthermore, I should understand that in this experience of spirit baptism, I become a steward, not a possessor. I am not a possessor of the spirit. He is a possessor of me. This experience is not mine. It is not mine. I did not pay for it. Yes, it's a gift, but I am a steward. You see, even Jesus was a steward. That's what he said. The one upon you the one upon whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, he's the one who will give that away. must understand. See, all of this helps me when I look, when I keep my eyes on what happened to Jesus, it helps me understand what should be happening to me, what I expect from it, and what I'm going to do with it. Ah, I'm a steward of this. I haven't received something merely to enjoy. I do enjoy him. I mean, I enjoy him. I haven't received something just to be blessed. Hi, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's the blessing of the Lord. He's poured out His blessing upon me, and they may do so evermore. No doubt, it's a blessing, but but not just. I. This is not just for me. It's for me, not just for me. It's for me, not just for me. Because if I, if I, I don't know what's going on. But if I, if I follow the pattern. That I have to know that I am to live that kind of life. I am to walk in that kind of purity. I am, I, I am to walk in that kind of power. I'm to walk in that level of obedience. And I am to, like the one before me, make sure that I live to give this away. I live to actualize the implications of this experience. I want to, I want to, I want to, I must. I don't just want to, but I must, but I want to. I I must live. I want to actualize. I want to experience. I want to live up to. I want to live and do everything that is intended with this experience. I want to actualize it. I don't want to live below. I don't want to live in a lesser version of this promise. I have received this so that I can that I can live in the fullness of it and so that I will give it away. I am a steward. How we that's all that's one sentence. How we see Jesus baptism will influence and determine what we expect and what we experience in our spirit-filled life. Problematically, as we've already kind of referred to, people tend to measure the significance of spirit baptism by their own frame of reference. talk about spirit baptism and most of the time people will just open up their the box that is their frame of reference and look at something for some who are have an aversion to the idea they'll see a bunch of crazy charismatics or mean-spirited Pentecostals or whatever language they have I use that language because I have I, I have the opportunity to teach this class and I teach people from all walks of life who have all kinds of crazy perspectives I say crazy because I don't that they were, are just misinformed. okay. Um, so I try to guide their perspectives. No, no, that's not true. No, nobody thinks that. Um, uh, and have people that have all kinds of really bad experiences because they are around people who have settled for a knockoff instead of the prototype. And when they do that, they have all kinds of nut job kind of experiences. It happens. So we... I, we, I implore us to return to the prototype. If we base our expectations on a non-prototype, then, then our expectations will differ accordingly. We, we will just settle for a knockoff. We will, uh, our, the, the spirit, spirit, as wonderful as your experience in the spirit was, I, I don't know all of you who in the room, but I imagine many of you could probably tell me a wonderful experience of spirit baptism many for many people it may have been a sunday night at, at church it may be a, it may have been a night around an, an altar at a at, at youth camp you may have some of you it may be i know people what they say oral roberts was shaving <laughs> and he began to pray in the spirit uh I thought whoa what I, what just happened to me uh many i know people that were on their way home from a from a church meeting and just began to just began to just praying the spirit in the car like whoa what just happened uh well usually what i i would submit what has happened is they had an experience with the spirit and they either relaxed or yielded long enough for the expression to come bursting out that thing's in there it's just trying to get out of you (laughs) honestly i don't you, you know where's the bible for that i don't have a lot of bible for it but i just know it's true the Bible is ideal, then if you live a perfectly ideal life, fine. But most of the time, the Bible presents an ideal, and then we have to find our way there somehow. And usually what happens is people have an encounter with the Spirit, and they're either troubled, distracted, unbelieving, self-doubting, not sure, nervous, or whatever else. But eventually, if they'll relax and just, get, and just relax, he'll find expression in your life. He will. <laughs> it, just, it just, I don't, it's true. People experience. They'll say, "Spirit baptism means what I experienced," or "or Spirit baptism means what I have learned in history." You know, not even Azusa is the te- is the prototype. Prototype the Azusa is a wonderful uh, testimony of people experiencing the Spirit, and there's a lot that we should inform our expectations based on what they experienced. Wow. You mean people of every every socioeconomic you know, demographic background came together around one altar and experienced God together? Hey, yeah, they did, and that was the real controversy. You mean there were teenagers half an hour before church, instead of goofing off, they were praying for the sick and seeing miracles? Yuh-huh. Yuh-huh. Like fifth and sixth and seventh grade kids seeing absolutely uh, phenomenal miracles in the presence of the Lord. Yep, those things should all inform our experience. But not even Azusa, as great as that season, 19, uh, those four to six years of just raw, radical, uh, Holy Spirit-powered events there, and we could analyze that and all that. But it has been problematic at times, trying to word this carefully, to make Azusa a the prototype. Because, friends, here's the deal. We can recreate sentiment and style anytime we want. Most of the time, when we look at those things as, our, as prototype, we, we look at the style and the sentiment. What, we look at what did they say, what did they do, how did they do it, let's do that. And then we recreate a style or a sentiment, and, we may, and, and then that may work for us for a smidge, but then eventually it diminishes. The key is for us is to fix our eyes on the prototype and understand that when I I see, when I fix my eyes, that, that that the spirit, that Jesus is the one who was baptized and he came to give me what he received, it leaves me in a place where I am never, I am always delighted but never satisfied. I'm always delighted, always grateful, but never content. Never finished. It's I never check it off. Got it. But if I define if I define spirit baptism as tongues, that's an easy check. Got it. Now I'm gonna go live however I want in shamalama whenever I want it and I got it. No, 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 that grieves me even to joke like that. That's why, that's why, that's why. That's why I tell those I work with, including those I'm related with, related to, et cetera, and about things that I don't like when people have meetings and they say, come get your prayer language. I want to say, stop saying that. I understand what you mean, and I appreciate it. I do, and I want to pray for people, but don't say that. Just don't, just, I, you say semantics. Yeah, words matter. If they didn't matter, we wouldn't have this. Words matter. Don't say that. What upon you, say, he'll give you a prayer language. Yeah, he'll give you that and a whole lot more, but that's not what he came to give. He came to give the Spirit. Some of my friends are, re- are reusing, are like to use like to use fresh language to keep things, make themselves to sound uh, cutting edge. Everything from the glory to the this, to the this, to the other, and they, look it, look it. The only word, is spirit. The spirit. Why is that important? Because we're talking not about a thing or an expression or an encounter or a mist or a or a theophany or some sort of a or just a, a just a, an interesting manifestation or a glitter or a cloud. We are talking about God Himself. And He is the promise. Ho ho! Ho ho, 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 ho. He's the promise and that's why no matter what I experience when I know what I've been promised I can remain delighted and grateful and pleased and thrilled but always hungry for more. Yes it's possible to be hungry and happy. Tada, that's me, hungry and happy all the time. It's possible. I know, and there's a trend right now that said, oh, no, you shouldn't talk about being hungry or thirsty because that sounds bad. No, it doesn't. No, the only reason why I'm thirsty is because I like what I drank before. I just want more of that. I'm very grateful for it. I'm very grateful for what's happening inside me. But I see the prototype. And I say, oh. There will come a day, there will come a day, I think, there will come a day, I think, when I'll stop. Wait, just wait. I think I don't have proof for it because anybody wrote about it yet. But I think when I step over to the other side, I think I think it'll be different then. And who knows what's waiting on the other side? (laughs) I don't know. But he's really good, so it's probably going to get gooder. But on this side, Christ, there's an ever this what I what I the fullness of Christ Himself. The Christ life. He's the prototype. Our frame of reference must be determined by what Christ experienced. Because it is this experience that he came to give. The church then, we are not Christ. We are Christians. We are the anointed ones that belong to the anointed one. So my challenge, my request, my pursuit for my own self and uh, for the church. And this is something these are this is material directly out of our courses. But let us see the church as a continuation of the spirit anointed event that was Jesus Christ. This will help focus our understanding that. The effective, effectiveness of the church is not due to human competency or programming, but totally to the power of God at work. We are entirely we are we are we are we are designed by heaven to be the the baptized ones. Our heaven's singular intent is that we are the baptized ones. Howard, uh, Clark Pinnock wrote, writes this. The main rationale of the church, the main rationale, meaning the main reason for our existence. <laughs> this, is, this is, I like this, pushes it. The main rationale of the church is to actualize all the implications of the baptism in the Spirit. Meaning the church is, not, is an extension, not so much of the incarnation, there's only one of him, We are an extension not not of his incarnation, but of his anointing. Jesus is the prototype of the church. If we want to understand and believe for all that heaven has for us in spirit baptism, we look to the prototype. Now, I do not have any reason to believe that I'm going to have a that I'm going to experience exactly what, I'm not the son of God, I'm a son, not the, <laughs> right? I'm a Christian, I'm not the Christ. So I, I'll, I look to that, I look to what he experienced, but he, that was his baptism by, his, in, in, by the Father, and, uh, as far as I can understand it scripturally, but he came to give me something. And what that looks like is what Jesus said to us then in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you, listen, you shall be my witnesses. I know that most of the time that's understood as you're going to use your mouth to talk about me. It means that, but it doesn't just mean that. Witnesses of me means witnesses of me. You are testifiers. You are living, breathing, evidence, examples. You are expressions. You are models of me. I almost wish I could use that word instead, even though I, it's, it's, the, word is like, the root word is like martyr, but I'm, I live my life. As I'm a testimony. You, you are not just talking about me, Jesus said. The Spirit's going to come upon you, and you are going to live like you were me. Like, okay, I'm, I'm happy that four of you believe that. But 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 if you can believe that it'll 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 it's, it'll wreck how you read Acts 1.8. I I dare you. Just let the, it's the Bible, it's what it says. Just don't let your presuppositions redefine the text. The text says the Spirit of God will, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You shall receive power when the Spirit comes upon you, and you're going to live like you were me. Ha <laughs> ha not i'm not Jesus come on no one's no one's messing with the deity here but the holy Spirit's going to come upon you so that your life demonstrates evidences expresses the reality of Christ as we seek him as we submit to spirit fullness we confess this i receive power as i submit to the spirit and what's the purpose of that power? It looks just like that. The purpose of that power is so that my life will look like his life. My God. Help us. The purpose of that power is so that my life will look like his life. Oh, I can't say it enough because it makes me happy to say it out loud. The purpose of that power is so that my life will look like his life. So that his life will flow out of my life. The purpose of that power is for his life. The Christ will flow out of mine. That I will, that I will be like, my life will be the fragrance of Christ, the words of Christ, the, the power of Christ, the life of Christ flowing out of the church. power of the spirit in your life the purpose of that power is no less than to than to manifest christ through your life so aaron i want us to come back and sing that chorus there must be more than this and that doesn't mean that we're ungrateful for all we've received doesn't mean we despise anything it doesn't mean we're ungrateful it means we're we're grateful but we know that between here and there there's more so tonight perhaps we can just return to that upper room dynamic no one in the upper room that we understand we know of at least that we know of anyway we're laying hands on one another yet they they just waited they just fix their eyes on the baptizer and just let him have his way. Can we spend some time fixing our eyes on the one who baptizes in the spirit? If you want to change your posture, that might help you. Standing, sitting, kneeling, you can find carpet. There's lots of it. Then we'll see later on, maybe we'll take a few moments and pray. I promise you that as long as you stay, we'll pray. I'll be the last one out. If you have anywhere else you need to be tonight, you should not feel obligated to stick around. I'm, I bless you for being here, and I pray that you are, if not encouraged, at least provoked. I pray that none of us would settle for our frame of reference alone. That all of us that would look to Jesus, that our expectometer would be enlarged, our desires increase. Darren, lead us.